The Atlanta Falcons find themselves in a bit of a battle in the NFC South. But what's the right course of action for them in the long term? Well, that's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of the TDM Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you once again. Hope everybody is having a great start to their Wednesday. We've got the Atlanta Falcons and the latest mock draft as the focuses, the co-focuses of today's show. But before we jump into that, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You're always going to find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Just head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You just got to make sure you use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And you guys know I love to take the mock draft from the latest scout over at TDN, focus on a potential team, a specific pick, a specific position, and that's kind of the focus. And then we get into some of the other stuff here uh, as the show progresses. I will tell you, there there seems to be some settling towards the top of, with Houston and Carolina picking one and two, There, it's pretty easy. You're going to slot a quarterback at one more than likely, and you're definitely going to slot a quarterback at two with Carolina going to have a new new head coach they're still searching for that answer at quarterback I don't see them passing on one and so that settling at one and two kind of forces the board you know that Will Anderson's not going to go in a few picks thereafter you've you've got Jalen Carter it, it can start to settle in there inside the top six the top eight pretty quickly and so it's the outside of those picks that I think become so fascinating and This is a team that I don't know how many expected to be picking in this spot right now, but it is in large part due to the way that they are playing right now. It's the Atlanta Falcons, who pick all the way down at 15. They're embroiled in, folks, just a hotly contested NFC South right now that sees the 4-5 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the 4-5 and Atlanta Falcons, trying to hold off the uh, the 3-6 and New Orleans Saints there in second place. Hopefully you can sense the sarcasm that things in the NFC South maybe not going by design this season. But Atlanta has played good enough football to be in a playoff race. I mean, they are in a race to win the division and host a playoff game. I mean, the 4-5 and record notwithstanding, they have an opportunity to do so. Now, you give away games the way you did against L.A. on Sunday. I I don't think you're necessarily going to make my short list of favorites to win the division, and Tampa was able to kind of fix some things there and be able to beat the Rams. So certainly feels like two teams that are trending back in the direction that we expect. But we can talk about the Atlanta Falcons from what they could potentially need to do uh, in the draft because I look at an Atlanta Falcons team that... I mean, you look up and down the schedule, they've played every game competitive, and that's what you're going to get with the Atlanta Falcons with the way they're currently constructed and the way that they run their offense specifically. They understand their limitations at quarterback. They understand their limitations as they have an offense that needs to rebuild. They basically have one ride, rece- one ride receiver in Drake London. They have another pass catcher in Kyle Pitts who is maybe not utilized the way some in the fantasy community would like him to be utilized, and I think it's very understandable. I kind of echo those sentiments. But this is a team that understands their identity is running the football, and they just got Corderell Patterson back. But when you look at the way that this team has played, I want to read to you the passing games this season for Marcus Mariota. 215 in Week 1, 196 in Week 2, 
229 in week three, 139 in week four, 147 in week five, 129 week six, 124 week seven, 253 in the overtime win against Carolina, and 129 in week nine. Those, do those numbers seem pedestrian to most? Yeah, it's because they are. This is a team that does not pass the ball a whole lot. The most times I think they've thrown it in a game this season is 28. They threw it 33 in the first week of the season. Since then, it's been 28. But there are games where he's thrown the ball 13 times. I mean, remember that blowout against the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Where they were, they lost 35-17. They were never really in the football game. He only threw the ball 13 times. Threw the ball 14 times against San Francisco. Threw the ball 19 times against Cleveland. 20 times against Seattle. This is a team that understands who they are. They're going to run the football. They're going to try to control the time of possession. They're going to try to limit the way that how often you're on the field. And they're going to hope that they're going to be able to keep games close and the breaks are going to be able to go their way. It's an interesting strategy for a team that is lacking talent. I can't fault them. This is their best chance to win. They are not going to go out there and sling it with the rest of the league and throw the ball 40 times a game, and win shootouts. They're just not going to do it. That's not going to be the way that they get it done. They are going to run the football, establish the run, keep you off the field, and hope that their defense is able to make plays. I mean, this is a team that has got 1,466 yards on the ground this season. This is a team that in, in passing games, you know, they – Average 157.2 net passing yards per game. 157.2. So this is a team that understands what they are, and they are trying to keep themselves competitive. And, and you, you kind of can't fault them for, for understanding their identity and a credit to Arthur Smith. He's trying to get the most out of his guys, and this is his path to be able to do so. So that pivots us to the question of what's the answer long-term. Because you made a selection on day two of the NFL draft to bring in Desmond Ritter as a young quarterback to this team. And I think everybody understood when the decision was made to draft Desmond Ritter that this is a long-term play. This is not a Desmond Ritter is probably going to win this job and Desmond Ritter is going to be our quarterback for, for 17 games and Desmond Ritter is our quarterback of the future. We're going to take our time. We're going to have him you know, learn this offense and understand what we're doing and, and kind of go from there. Well, okay. You might find yourself in this really interesting situation where this season's going to end, and we don't see any inclination right now that Desmond Ritter is going to get some starts for the Atlanta Falcons. They're rolling with Marcus Mariota. And so if you get into the offseason and you play out the remainder eight games that the Falcons have on their schedule, and you don't have any snaps of Desmond Ritter, is having Desmond Ritter on your roster really going to stop you from drafting a long-term answer at quarterback, potentially at number 15? Now, the way Dame's mock draft certainly falls is it would be a little bit of a reach, right? And I think it's important to let you all know, if you haven't gone over to the draft network and seen the mock draft, how he has the quarterbacks falling. I mentioned quarterbacks at one and two. He's got Bryce Young going to Houston. He's got C.J. Stroud going to Carolina. Then you got to scroll a little bit for the next quarterback to come off the board, but it's, it comes at a very important spot. It comes at number 14, one spot in front of Atlanta, where the Colts take Will Levis. Now, do quarterbacks go after the Falcons pick at 15? Yes, there is one. Anthony Richardson goes 29th to the Minnesota Vikings, a toolsy quarterback out of Florida, which could make some sense for the Atlanta Falcons. So the board doesn't necessarily play into their hands, but I wonder what kind of conversation that has internally in that building. Because I don't think they're going to be comfortable going into next season with Marcus Mariota as their quarterback. Are they going to be comfortable comfortable going into next season with a total unknown in Desmond Ritter? They know a little bit about him because they've seen him in practice, but it's just practice. We're talking about practice, Allen Iverson. That's what we're talking about. If he doesn't play in a game, how much can you really trust what you've seen at practice? There's some great practice quarterbacks, some great quarterbacks when there, there's not a lot of contact going on, but you put them into a game and you don't know. And you invested a pretty decent draft capital into Desmond Ritter. I think you would like to find that answer. 
And maybe that maybe Desmond Ritter is just a safety valve. Maybe you took a flyer because the value was too good and you just wanted to get this guy in your building. And listen, don't let a good player stop you from drafting a great player, right? If you have your convictions at 15, or if you have your convictions anywhere that you pick, and I think if you're going to start giving away games the way you did on Sunday, the Atlanta Falcons are going to be moving closer and closer to picking number one in the draft, more so than they would be picking 15th in the draft. And that got to open the door a little bit for them to take a quarterback. But just because you have Desmond Ritter on your roster, you shouldn't use that as an excuse of, oh, you know, we took a quarterback on day two last year. You know, we want to... No, you can entertain that philosophy. And for Damian, who I think I said that's whose mock draft this was, Damian Parson, he has them going Christian Gonzalez. And I think the first two sentences of his breakdown for the Falcons, and I won't read the whole thing, is very important. So I'll read from the story. Quote, I do not know who predicted the Falcons would be leading the division at this point of the season, but here we are. Despite some concerns at quarterback, their defense is growing, but are a few pieces away. And so he gives them Christian Gonzalez the corner out of Oregon, which I think would be a great move. This defense is just a few pieces away. They have A.J. Terrell. They have Christian Gonzalez. You start to build out having two corners of that caliber, a young corner in Christian Gonzalez, A.J., Terrell, one of the better young corners in the game. Okay, now you got something. You got some corners that can shut some things down and give yourself a chance to win, which goes in to the Arthur Smith strategy of how he wants to play right now. And so maybe they can take it slow. Maybe they can wait for the right moment. We talk all the time of when is the right moment to take a quarterback. When is the right time to, to push that button, to pull the trigger, to start the clock, rookie quarterback deal, that three-year window that you have. Does anybody feel that if the Atlanta Falcons took a quarterback at 15, 14, 13, top five, wherever they were picking, that they should start a three-year window with a young quarterback to try to compete? I don't know if anyone feels that way. There are still some tweaking that needs to be done here. I think Arthur Smith has earned himself another year in Atlanta as the coach with the job that he's done so far this season, and that certainly was a question mark that we had going into the year. Marcus Mariota is fine. He's serviceable. I would like to get a little bit more of an answer on Desmond Ritter, and I wonder if a couple more games don't go the Falcons' way, they start to slip out of that conversation because, again, I don't think a team below 500 is going to make the playoffs in the NFC, and I don't think it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons if there is one. And so if they slowly start to fade away, if this start to the season, this nine-game stretch that has seen the Bucs not play well and the Falcons kind of be a middle-of-the-road team – if that starts to fade, Tampa starts to pull away a little bit. I wonder if the Falcons don't find us a, a pocket of games down in the latter part of the season where they say, okay, hey, Desmond Ritter, these remainder games of the season are yours. Show us what you got. And I wonder if over the next few, they play the Panthers, Bazaar, and Commanders. So they might be able to, you know, they beat the they beat the Panthers in overtime a couple weeks ago. They beat them again. Now they're 5-5. Five and five. The Bears are going to be tough. You start to circle maybe the Steelers or the Saints in the beginning of December as if we're out of this, we give you the stretch the rest of the way, Desmond, to be able to figure this out because I think you'd like to have that answer. I think you'd like to know, hey, do we feel confident? We Because what kind of opportunities does it open up if he plays down the stretch three, four games, you feel comfortable with what you've seen? Okay, we're going to give Desmond Ritter a fair shot to be our starter at the start of 23. And now you don't really have to check that box. You can use the rest of your picks to get the rest of your roster ready to go for 23. If Desmond Ritter fizzles out in 23, okay, we, we circle back in 24. We've got a better roster. We've used our draft capital to address other needs around this team. Boom, we're ready to go, and then you start the clock. See, that's the thing. There is a way for the Atlanta Falcons to do this, to really position themselves in a way that sets, them, sets themselves up for good long-term success. I just think they'd like to be able to get a little bit of film, a little bit of a sample size on Desmond Ritter before the season's over because I think that will help 
things a little bit. Because if it doesn't play well over those three games, I, or four games, whatever the case may be, you're not going to use that sample size to you know justify whether or not you, you make him the starter or not. But if he doesn't play well, I think that allows you to at least entertain more possibilities in the free agency market, allows you to entertain more possibilities potentially in the draft with wherever you're sitting. It just gives you more information to make a decision. And when it comes to the future of your franchise, when it comes to making a draft pick, when it comes to adding, doing anything to your roster, more information is always better. I know there are some people who don't like analytics, they don't like statistics, they don't like information me give me all the information you can give me so i can make the most informed decision possible am, am i going to use it all to make the decision no but i like to have it all in front of me to be able to say okay what does all of this tell me and then your gut's going to probably lead you in the right direction with the way that that goes so i think the atlanta falcons are a very very interesting team uh when it comes to the quarterback market here uh, in the nfl draft because they're one of those teams that probably could be in the market depending on the way things go but right now I think they're going to be just on the outside looking in with where that they pick and again there are other teams that I think might consider it right we talk about Detroit as a team uh, that has two picks right now in the first round DP doesn't have them going a quarterback with either of the two picks I think that's the camp that I certainly fall in but I wouldn't be shocked if they took a quarterback Pittsburgh picking all the way up at four is Kenny Pickett just a one and a one and done situation there in Pittsburgh it probably doesn't feel like that's something that Pittsburgh would do something like Arizona did with Josh Rosen doesn't feel like that's something they would do you know but you have other teams that could potentially be uh, if Geno Smith leaves the Seahawks and doesn't come back they pick 11th right now because of the pick of Russell Wilson the trade of Russell Wilson they have that pick from Denver. So there are different, I think, landmines in different places where you could see quarterbacks go, and that complicates things, especially for a team like the Falcons, who have played well enough to kind of be just on the outside. All those teams that I mentioned pick right now in front of the Atlanta Falcons. So it is a fun puzzle to put together at this time of year. It is a fun puzzle to look at and try to figure out how this is all going to break down. I think my favorite moment is when the order's finally done, and we know this is going to be the order for 2023, it's a little bit easier to be like, okay, I feel pretty good about this player at this team and the puzzle starts to at least somewhat make some sense you can always talk yourself into into anything uh, and in the three years that I've been doing drafts with the draft network that's the one thing I've learned I can convince myself of anything of any team picking any player at any time I can make that uh, conviction internally so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and I think for the Atlanta Falcons you have to be happy with where you're at you have to be happy with the fact that you're competitive in all of these games because again you're a team that wasn't expected to do a whole lot this year this is not throwing you off of your plan long term this is not throwing you off of where this team is going to go I think you're going to create some stability with your coach. I think you're going to create some stability with a lot of the different young pieces on this team, and you are setting yourself up. Again, it is a slow burn to get out of where the Atlanta Falcons were, but I think they made the right decision on Matt Ryan when they did. I think trading Calvin Ridley is probably going to set themselves up for some long-term success. They probably do need to bring in another wide receiver, but I don't know how much they could have counted on Calvin Ridley, so I like a lot of what the Falcons have done here from setting themselves up for, for success, and now it's going to be a question of where do they fall in the draft, to be able to take a quarterback and what kind of appetite they have to take a quarterback and do they have enough answers on Desmond Ritter to be able to make uh, that decision. Oh, and one more thing. My guy DP didn't get a single running back in the latest edition of his mock draft? DP, my guy, you love running backs. You love running backs more than anybody else. We don't sneak at least one in. Man, I don't know how to feel about that. I do know 
that you're trying to butter me up a little bit, though, because there's a name in here that I've been talking about on the TDM Premium Discord that I've been talking about with people that you did sneak in, so I won't get on you too bad. Rasheed Rice at number 27 to the New York Giants, the wide receiver at SMU. Man, it feels a little rich for me, even though I love some Rasheed Rice, but a good name to see. I love seeing new names pop their way inside of the first round of these mock drafts. That's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Wednesday. Thanks, as always, to Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Talk to everybody tomorrow.